You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 43. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak and the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. What's up, guys? We have a freaking Xbox date for July, finally. Pretty excited. Yay, super excited. <laughs> You're supposed to express a little more excitement about that, guys. We're getting Halo Infinite. Yeah, oh, no, no, I don't care. Just tell me when the Cuphead DLC is coming out. That's all oh, that matters. Gosh. Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there. The topic of the show this week is Game of the Year Watch 2020. We are doing a midway point evaluation uh, of that. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week. So let's go ahead and jump right in. In the first item on the PXN news of the week is NBA 2K21 is retailing for $70 on next gen, guys. Is this the new norm coming for next generation pricing on games, Roro? What do you think? Um, I hope not, but I, I'm not surprised that uh um that it's starting to happen. I think uh it, it has jumped $10 every, not every so often. It's been a while since it's it's inflated um, since the last time, but games do do that once in a while as time progresses and um, it gets more expensive to make games, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the new norm for us. And of course, in Canada, it's going to be it's going to be $90 instead of $80. Jesus, <laughs> so I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, not looking forward to that. Um, but yeah. We will ship you copies, Roro. I want to be clear <laughs> on that. That'd be great. I think it's, yeah, I think it's either 80 or, or 90 Either way, crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is the new norm, unfortunately. What do you, what do you guys think? I'm kind of there with you. I mean, it's been talked about for forever, even since the PS3, Xbox 360 generation, that it was going to, it should be increased just due to development costs. I think until they essentially are able to undercut retailers, which we obviously know the, I guess digital took a huge leap this generation, but it's still not there to be the only way to get it. I do think COVID kind of helped push that more into motion. But we're still not there where we actually do need retailers to essentially sell physical media. So you're still probably going to see that 70 jump. I mean, the last jump was the 360 because uh, PS2 Xbox generation was $50. Mm. Um, and before that, actually, PlayStation, I think, was $50 too on PS1. But uh, 64 was $64.99 or 70 bucks because it was a cartridge. Yeah, uh, we've. I think we've gotten very lucky the last i don't know i'd say like 15 ish years um mm -hmm. and i think we're now starting to pay for it because costs just keep increasing and increasing increasing so i mean it only makes sense um it's definitely going to make me think more and more about my purchases yeah. um mm -hmm. and make sure that either it's something that's on sale or something that i have to have day one rower you and i had to have last of us day one yeah. But this week or last week, I guess technically, uh, Iron Man VR came out, forty bucks. I decided it's not worth my money at that moment at that price. So it's gonna make gamers, I think, think more and more like that. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. agree with that. It's yeah, it's gonna be harder to choose what games um, we're gonna decide on uh, when they're when they're really close together. Yeah, yeah. I, my my biggest problem with this is is uh, I actually saw this tweeted out a little bit ago uh, that EA made one point one billion dollars, which was a sixteen percent increase year over year from last year in terms of game sales. So like, 
in, in other companies as well, Take-Two had a 30% increase. Activision had a 1% increase, which that's not a crazy increase. But still, like, I, I don't I don't feel like it's as big of a deal as some developer or publishers are making it out to be because obviously they're still making these huge profits. Uh, I just don't understand why... You know why now? I, I guess. Well, your EAs are making the, those profits and stuff like that, but your smaller studios. So we'll talk about them later. Uh, we have to, like Moon Studio, right? Um, or which is I don't know fair. something smaller like a THQ Nordic yeah. is not seeing that return in investments that EA or Activision consistently see week after week, month after month. Which is fair, but like the first game we hear about this for is 2K, like one of the biggest publishers out there. Uh, my biggest problem of this entire thing though, that came out was NBA 2k 21 has a program where you can get the next gen version for free only if you buy the hundred dollar version of the game that, that really doesn't sit right with me because, uh, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, Microsoft is pushing for, uh, developers and actually we could just run right into that since that's the next story, that Microsoft is pushing uh, developers to make next-gen versions of all of their games for free if it comes out on uh, current-gen and and they release a new-gen new version. They're pushing for that to be free if you already own the current-gen version, which that absolutely should be the case, in my opinion, because you're, you're releasing so close together and uh, you're not really... I don't feel like you're getting an extra $70 worth of value out of this, you know, uh, so to speak. And in the NBA situation, you're paying 40 extra dollars for an extra version of the game. That just, I don't know, that that doesn't sit well with me, I guess. Uh, I feel like they should do that regardless of what version of the game you buy. Um, but I don't know, what are, what are you guys' thoughts on, on that? And uh, I mean, it's obviously good that Microsoft's trying to push for that, but obviously they can't like demand that. Uh, it's all at the end of the day up to the publishers and developers. I was gonna say Microsoft is very customer centric, specifically in like what I'd say the last like four years yeah. has been. That's been a primary focus as gamers first. Um, but I do not see this being an initiative that they can truly fulfill. I mean, they don't have dictation on other companies bottom lines mm -hmm. and unfortunately if they try i believe to force the hands of those companies what is going to stop them from saying cool we're going exclusive to sony we're going exclusive to nintendo and yeah again i i really do applaud uh phil and microsoft for like wanting to take this stance yeah i just unfortunately can see the backlash from actually the industry not the gamers from it right Roro, what what are your thoughts? No, I, I completely agree. Like I, you would think that Microsoft and slash Xbox would have the power to say, hey, like they could demand it. I I, I wish that they could demand it, but mm -hmm. they can't. Like you're saying, um, so it, it's just really a sort of, hey, I, I suggest that you yeah. <laughs> don't do this money grubby kind of behavior because the customers don't like it. But yeah. like 2K and the EAs of uh, the industry, they they really just want to make the money, even though they're making hand over fist anyway, um, because they don't really care about who's ranting on Twitter or stuff like that. They just want to make their money. So if if Xbox doesn't demand it, it's just going to be like it doesn't matter really. Yeah, that's yeah. And I would say like two companies that I think stand out in my mind that will probably go this route is CD Projekt Red. I yes. can see them jumping on board, especially given their love right now with Microsoft. And they've already and then, announced that officially exactly. for Cyberpunk. Uh, but I can see that I'm also maybe doing something like that with Witcher 3, because I don't think Witcher, we've seen mm. the last of a re-release of Witcher 3 at this point. Yeah, um, And also I'm thinking of uh, Ubisoft with mm. whatever, not only just Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watchdogs Watchdogs to uh, Legion, isn't that what it's called? Yep. Um, yeah. Seeing them doing something similar to that, because so many people were expecting to play that in March this year on their PlayStation 4, Xbox One, where they might still have that version pre-ordered yep. and they might just get that free copy for it. I can see them really being customer focused on that. Yeah, I, I would I'd like to think that most companies are going to be like that. And this is kind of an outlier that 2K is in that most companies will be, yeah, you get a free upgrade, of course, because I, I mean, how long is this going to be going on anyway? We're going to start going into the next gen soon and soon 
games aren't even going to be coming out for PS4 and Xbox X, maybe. So I don't know how long the smart delivery sort of upgrades are going to be going on for. So I guess it's just good to be on the good side of the customers for as long as possible. I hope that most people are going to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And obviously this, like you're saying, this won't be an issue three, four years down the line. Like it's not going to be relevant. It's just, you know, certain times like this is when people, you know, it gets brought up and people are like, what the hell? This is not really cool. But yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Moving on to more Xbox. Xbox's Games Showcase has been confirmed for a July 23rd date. So this is exciting, guys. July 23rd at noon, I will see Halo Infinite, except I will be in North Carolina on the beach, and I have no idea what my internet will be like. So that's not not optimal. Not yeah, all. I will be waiting until I get home and then just looking at news articles, not watching the news conference. Probably me too. Yeah. If if I was home, I would be taking the day off and I would be watching it live. And I'd probably be live streaming too. The last two years I've live streamed it because uh, I, that's when I started to do that kind of stuff. And it was freaking perfect timing because Halo Infinite was announced in 2018. And then 2019, we got a, a, a cinematic trailer. So I was super excited. I I love that. It's so good. And unfortunately, this year, I'm probably not going to be able to do that because I don't know what my internet's going to be like. But I think we're going to see a lot of cool stuff from that. And I was kind of thinking next week we could maybe do a predictions episode for that uh, event, just like what you guys think we're going to see. Will we see gameplay of any games, possibly? Yes. We that, will, that, that, that's my prediction right there. We <laughs> will definitely see gameplay, <laughs> at least from Halo Infinite. Uh, but, yeah, that'll be exciting. I am very excited. I'm counting down the days, minutes, and seconds on every social media platform that I have. So, Not TikTok. Uh, it's banned. No. <laughs> I, I'm not on TikTok, so I don't. Yeah. I'm not hip enough for that. Uh, moving on, uh, so we we talked about a f- couple weeks ago, Warner Brother Games uh, is reportedly being sold by AT&T. So this week we got a new uh, buyer that is possibly interested, which is Microsoft. Uh, they have apparently inquired about um, Warner Brothers uh, games and, and all their, their studios that go along with that. I I don't know about you guys, but I think... This is more so something that Phil is basically just picking up the phone and finding out, you know, what they want. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Microsoft is going to acquire them uh, or is interested in acquiring them per se, um, just because they've acquired or they've acquired slash created nine studios in the last two years. There's only there's a certain amount that you can get to that you just I don't see them going for more studios personally Sony's because the prime example man how many studios in the last seven years have they dumped now yes exactly they have too much of a wheelhouse yes exactly and that's the problem you can't have too many you just can't have that many studios unless they were to do something like combine studios and and stuff like that because there's like at least five studios that I could think of from the Warner Brothers deal that you would get. And I just don't know how Microsoft could justify that, so to speak. Um, I do think that they're going to pick up the phone, obviously, like they are, and, and call and see, say, hey, how much do you guys want for this just to see? But I, I don't think that we will see anything from it. And we definitely won't see anything from it for the July event because it's it's too soon. Even if Microsoft was going to purchase them, that would be way too quick. It w- it wouldn't come together that quickly. Uh, but uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about Microsoft being uh, involved, Roro? Um, I think it'd be. I think it's interesting that they they're even talking about it. But I agree with what you're saying that I I don't really see it happening. It would be awesome though. That would be crazy for them mm-hmm. if they were able to to acquire them and have all those studios or have just. I don't know, just the, the the library that Warner Brothers does have under their name. That'd be super cool for them. But I, I don't know. I just don't see this happening. I don't really have a, a good reason for it. I just I just don't see it. Yep. 
Yeah. I would say, like, you, they're... It, it's smart to obviously put your name in the hat. You get your name associated with them. Obviously, the pedigree is there. But, again, you're not even guaranteed those licenses yeah. if you buy those companies. So, exactly. I mean, really, you're just looking after, okay, I want this studio because of what they yeah. provide. Nether Realms, okay, they provide amazing fighting games that are super popular. Cool. Well, at least Nether Realms at least owns, um, I believe so, Mortal Kombat. Yes. But they don't own DC. So, I Correct. mean, it's just the partnership they have with doing the Injustice games. Yeah. So you might not be getting what kind of has been happening where they keep switching on and off between Mortal Kombat and Injustice. Mm -hmm. So you're not, I, I just, I see them just being a talking point at this point. Unfortunately, I know we were kind of just dogging them for NBA 2K, but yeah. my money's on 2K getting them. Yeah. I mean, and I'd be cool with that. That honestly, 2K would be fine with me. Uh, and the other thing is, if AT&T decides to piecemeal studios, I could see Microsoft being in, in, interested in either, uh, you know, a Rocksteady or a NetherRealm. But I don't know that they'll necessarily be interested in, you know, Warner Brothers Montreal, for instance, who made Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, so I think it just depends on, you know, what, what they have to offer, I guess, uh, um, when that when the time comes to that. But uh, moving on, guys, we have Halo news. Uh, this is the podcast BXN, so there's Halo news. Halo I three. Be clear, you're the only one that's ever excited for this. Stuff. You know what, Sean? You can shut it. Uh, Halo three is officially releasing on PC as part of the Master Chief Collection on July fourteenth. Uh, so they've been doing insider builds for for this. Uh, I, I participated in the last one a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's in a very good state. Very happy that it's finally coming to PC. So people who played Halo C and Halo 2 over 10 years ago on PC can now finish the fight on Halo 3 on PC. For It's, it's insane that it took that long for Halo 3 to finally come to PC, but... Uh, it, it's finally there in the form of Master Chief Collection. Roro, you still have to continue your your Master Chief Collection run, and I gotta join yeah. you for that whenever whenever you're ready. Just call me up. I'll play for the twentieth time. I I I have a feeling that I'll be at a mad dash like right before Infinite comes out, mm -hmm. and that's when I'll just like binge all of them. Yep. Because I haven't come back in a while. Uh, I do have to complete my my playthrough though. Yeah. Um, I just don't know when. Just don't know when. The the interesting thing is with how long it's taking them, it's taking them about two months to put out each game. So there's two games left, ODST and Halo 4. And if you calculate it out, we're in July, ODST in, in uh, September, and then uh, Halo 4 in November. So that literally is going to run right into Halo Infinite because it's obviously going to probably come out in November. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, and you're playing on PC, so that will, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a run up, bro, bro. <laughs> uh, moving on to our last Xbox news story, a project X cloud has some news for some game developers. So apparently they have created a new mechanism, uh, for developers to, utilize a remotely connected Xbox development kit uh, to test, play, and iterate on their games from wherever they need to work. Uh, so I thought this was a really cool news story just because with all the things happening right now with COVID and people working from home, I thought this was super cool that developers can utilize uh, dev kits uh, from the comfort of their home without actually having to have a de physical dev kit with them. Uh, so a really cool idea for uh, another use of xCloud, so to speak. Um, so, Sean, do you ever see uh, Sony coming in and doing something like this? Obviously, they have uh, PlayStation Now, uh, but they don't they haven't really ventured into like this kind of territory yet. I'm, I'm just curious what you guys what you guys think. Um, I'd say it's a lot like we've talked about. I mean, hell, I'd say ever since Sony and Microsoft became into competition with each other with the OG Xbox PS2, 
Um, is there, they almost go tit for tat. It's, I guess you could say stealing ideas, but really in gaming, most people don't think of stealing ideas. They just think of borrowing technology, I'd say, um, and borrowing ideas, innovation and stuff like that. Um, so I I would say that it's maybe something down the pipeline. Now they don't necessarily have the infrastructure that Microsoft does. Um, cause Sony's not a computer company, they're an electronics company. True. Um, so Microsoft has that background to be able to support that type of mainframe, that type of programming, all that stuff that goes across. Um, but I will say as far as we always will know, and I think Phil has shown this a lot with Xbox is at least when it comes to their own developers or even own partnerships, Sony is nothing but patient. Um, Naughty Dog is probably the best example because how many times has the <laughs> game ever came out in time? For yeah, Dog? I don't think um, so. And it's always been a running joke, but it's, it's not a joke because they just demand perfection from themselves for it. And I think Phil Spencer has taken that to the nth degree now because he is letting actually teams have the most time. And I don't really fault him for disasters such as like Scalebound or even Crackdown. Crackdown, unfortunately, they were just forced to release that. Yeah. Um, but he recognized obviously some faults, but other developers, 343, for instance, what was the cycle every three years for halo yeah every and three years now it's off it that cycle mm-hmm. so he's letting them take their time to make what they consider their perfect game yeah yeah i agree completely roro what do you what do you what are your thoughts on on this um i think it's awesome technology i i hope other studios are able to i don't know talk to microsoft or just learn from them and be able to um get some similar stuff uh, into their own companies like uh, Nintendo, who has been like very silent about their upcoming games like Bayonetta and uh, there's another game. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Bayonetta 3 and uh, Metroid Prime 4. They they released for both of them, I think just like a logo. (laughs) And then we've got nothing left. And and who knows how the development is going right now. It, It could be, it's definitely not anywhere close to being done because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. But it, so it would be cool to see different companies being able to work from home and just continue their, their jobs uh, because they obviously can't right now. So I, I think it's really cool. I'd love to hear more about it, read more about it. And I can't wait to see more from xCloud. I think it's a really cool uh, yeah. project. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our next news story, uh, Amazon Studios has announced a brand new Fallout TV show. I don't know. I am very excited for this. I know, Sean, you're not big into Fallout. Roro, are you big into Fallout? Are you a Fallout fan? Um, no, not really. Damn I liked it. Fallout 4 Shit. <laughs> a little bit, but not not huge into it. I, I, right. like, I remember us talking about it like uh, uh, when we were talking about Bethesda games. Yeah. Skyrim over Fallout. I liked Fallout better, but that's not saying much. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> Fallout 3 for me was absolutely amazing. And then what Obsidian did with New Vegas, they took what they made so good in Fallout 3 and made it even better in like a, a Sin City, like Las Vegas atmosphere, which I thought was awesome. Like, I loved uh, New Vegas. And uh, Fallout 4, I liked it. I, I just didn't think that Fallout 4 necessarily hit the same high as the other two games. So if you've never played 3 or New Vegas, I would highly, highly recommend going back to play them. I, I think they're both on PC. There, They should be on Steam. Uh, but ugh, those games are so, so good. And it's, in my opinion, it's not even close to Fallout 4. But... This new show has me very excited because of the potential. Like, this could be like the, you know, uh, Walking Dead meets, like, Last of Us type of atmosphere. Obviously, everyone knows what Fallout is. So, if they could hit what Fallout actually is, like, with the Fallout shelters and the experiments that happen in the Fallout shelters and the whole atmosphere, like, I I feel like this show has the potential to be very, very good. be cool. Yeah. So... Well, and Amazon has been putting more money uh, towards uh, development shows. I actually really liked uh, Carnival Row and The Hunters recently. Mm. So they have been getting better with their original programming as of late. Upload as well. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. I've made it. I think I'm like episode six or seven on that. Ooh. 
Yes, that is a very good one. Uh, moving on to some Nintendo news. Uh, this will get Roro excited for some Nintendo <laughs> news. Uh, DK Country, Donkey Kong Country, is coming July 15th to Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, fun fact, I've never played the original Donkey Kong Country. I've only ever played Donkey Kong Country Returns. <laughs> so You are crazy. Yeah. So how excited are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played the original either. So. Oh. oh, my gosh, you guys. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like the old man out now. Yeah. You are old, so. Yes, I am. excited. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, this game is a classic in all sense of the words as far as it's a great platformer, but don't be fooled by the frustrations that it will cause, because even back then it was a very frustrating game. Mm-hmm. Um, mine carts obviously come to mind for any gamer that played this game uh, or even played uh, Tropical Freeze recently. Oh, Daniel, God. At you. No, <laughs> that was awful. It's gotten much better if it makes you feel better. Oh, <laughs> um, but it was just obviously so innovative at the time. I believe it was released in 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so innovative at the time as far as how all the scenes, like there was depth in the backdrop of all the scenes uh, as far as like the levels that you're progressing, uh, which mm-hmm. wasn't done at that point, besides maybe like a little bit of Mortal Kombat. Um but it was just, it was a really cool game and introduces obviously to a different Donkey Kong um, other than the one that was trying to kill Jumpman. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's a couple other games that got re- uh, announced uh, for like the NES, um, but this was the main one of note. Um, one of them I hadn't even played. There was some sumo game that I played before and something special right home to, but they keep building this supposed digital library of games we'll see what continues i mean obviously what people want is 64 and cube games to come back at some point so mm-hmm. that's what they need to start going towards yes or release the freaking 64 mini you know where's that at i don't think you want that i really don't really well remember uh 32 bit did not or 64 did not does not age as well as we all nostalgically think about. That's true. Um, and then second is, as much as I say I love the GameCube controller, and I really do, mm-hmm. the 64 controller is such a back-ass thing to play with. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Especially, like, the C buttons. Uh, yeah, wait, like, you don't happens. use them except for, like, yeah. a handful of games. That's it. Yeah. But it's there on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roro, I think you'll be able to add to this story, and if you can't, then you don't deserve the title of Nintendo Aficionado. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Breath of the Wild 2, uh, Spanish voice actors have said that they have finished their voiceover work for Breath of the Wild 2. So, obviously, this seems like the game is a little bit further along than people were anticipating, and maybe this game will launch next year right next to Horizon Forbidden West again. That would be their luck. Yeah. (laughs) So, Roro, how excited Um, are you? I'm super excited for uh, Breath of the Wild uh, 2. I don't know if this means that they're almost done, though. I mean... I guess the Spanish voice work is is done, but I don't know. Does that mean that animation is done? Does that mean that True. gameplay and level is done? All that kind of stuff. I feel like uh, I feel, but then again, I feel like voice work is something that you do maybe near the end of development. I'm not sure how the pipeline goes, but yeah, I remember uh, Goofy from uh, Kingdom Hearts three saying that like, oh, my work's here is done, Hayuk, and saying that. Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out soon, and then it got, like, it wasn't soon. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I agree with what you're saying, especially with Breath of the Wild and Zelda, because how much voiceover was even in the original Breath of the Wild? Like, not a lot. Not a lot. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like you're on the right path there. I, I feel like like them being done with voice work doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know? It's like me going over and saying, oh, I finished the jump mechanic in my game. It's like, well, what about the movement mechanic, <laughs> yeah. you know? The um, only thing I'd say that, like, kind of supports maybe thinking that it's closer to being done is it's the Spanish voiceover. Mm-hmm. And we know that the Japanese and English are going to be prioritized over 
any of the other ones. Yeah. So in my mind, that tells me at least they're done with those two. Now you guys, I could obviously be right given the amount of dialogue or lack of dialogue that was in the first one. Yeah. But I think because we saw that teaser trailer with Zelda, I think there's going to be a lot more less story that you find and more story that you're told hmm. in this one because I think she's going to be if not a playable character a centralized character in this more so than Breath of the Wild hmm. so I could definitely see her being utilized more which means more voiceover, voiceover in general yeah. yeah that's true I would be all for that a bigger presence from Zelda uh, moving on to more Nintendo news Nintendo has issued an official apology for the Joy-Con drift issue uh, I don't I've never actually had the Joy-Con drift issue. I I obviously don't play my Switch as much as like you guys do, but uh, I've never had that issue before. I... Consider yourself lucky. Yeah. Yup. <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks. I I got it. Uh, I recently noticed it when I was playing uh, Pokemon actually when that came out, and that was annoying. Like running into tall grass and not trying to run into tall grass, <laughs> and uh, in Animal Crossing as well, it, it, it reared its head again uh, near the release date. So I just ripped off the Joy Cons, uh, not aggressively. I just took them off gently and then put it in my dock and I, I played it that way, which I I never have. I usually play it handheld, but it got so frustrating that I've been playing it docked for quite some time because I haven't replaced the drifted. Switch, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've gotten to a point where I've bought, I think, eight or six additional pairs of Joy Joy Cons. Oh my god! Um, the, granted, I was kind of collecting the colors in a sense too, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I guess it's about time that they talked about it, but yeah. it still seems, in my mind, just a little disingenuous. Like this class auction lawsuit started pretty much, I want to say, six months after the release mm -hmm. of it because it was almost like a universal thing happening. I remember. Uh, a lot of editors at IGN talking about it, Kotaku. Um, so it wasn't just like, oh, my friend from a friend had it. It was, if you had a Switch, three out of four, it feels like, in a sense. Man. I mean, just two on this podcast have had it happen. <laughs> and Daniel, I had assumed you would, too, if you actually turned on your Switch. <laughs> you know what? Um, I've turned it on a couple of times. And actually, I have news with that, guys. I bought Super Mario Maker 2 for my trip on vacation. So... I, I am actually going to play my Switch. You you could have bought in some Xbox games on your Switch, too, such as Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah, but I, or... I've already played Ori, okay. though. I've already uh, played Ori and Cup. Uh, I'm not about that life, Sean. I'm not uh, about the 100% life. It's a good life. It's a good life. Eh, that's debatable. Uh, moving on, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has some leaked gameplay. Uh, did either of you have a chance to check or see this before it was taken down? No, not yet. No, I saw a little bit. A little bit. I saw like some boat action. Yeah, that was kind of it. So people, people are upset, I guess, because number one, the leaked gameplay was like you know blurry. Obviously, it's a freaking you know, off-screen uh, leaked video of the actual gameplay. But uh, the other thing people were complaining about was uh, that the game looked very similar to Odyssey. So they were saying, man, this looks very Odyssey-esque, which, in my opinion, that, that makes it a great thing because I loved Odyssey. Like, I don't know. What, what do you think, Roro? Because I absolutely loved Odyssey. Like, the only problem with Odyssey I had was it was too big, and this seems to be fixing that. Yeah, I, I, I hear it looks like Odyssey, and that's good news to me as well. Um, I understand people wanting... Uh, some change as we move into next gen, expecting a bigger change uh, in gameplay and graphical fidelity and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like Odyssey was a really good Assassin's Creed game. And if they're going to continue with that kind of formula, I say that's that's good. But I, I at the same time, I understand why people might be upset. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I don't think there needed to be any revolutionary change again with Assassin's Creed. We've only had two under that umbrella anyways of this new, I guess, action RPG, if you will, uh, with it. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised by the backlash. I think it has to do kind of with, there's a little bit of negative connotation with uh, Valhalla 
<laughs> sorry, uh, since that press conference, um, I just think when uh, Ubisoft does their show, I think it's is it later this month, Daniel, that they're I, doing their like little I showcase? Believe it's Sunday, right, Roro? Yeah, okay. it's on Sunday. I think once that happens, they'll kind of get in the, back in the good graces of the community. Yeah, I I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, and I don't think that Valhalla needed a new revolution of games. Like you're saying, they literally only had two games with this new style. So, like, give them some time, people. Give them some time. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has a PC release date finally, guys, which mm -hmm. I forgot to write down here what the release date was, but. Uh, I think it's September August. or August. Is it August? I think so. Like, I don't remember. Yeah. 7th or 8th, right? Something. Yeah. August 7th sounds right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so I thought, obviously, finally, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC players, which is awesome. Uh, I I'm still curious on what Sony's going to do moving forward. Like, are they going to continue to, like, release their games like this on PC, like, uh years later or do you guys think that we're kind of gonna see less of a time jump before the pc releases i'm just curious what you guys think about this sean oh um i'll start I know, with you i'm not a pc gamer so i can't really roro have more in depth on this than i would yeah i i don't know since like i've said earlier with microsoft they're just not in that branch of uh media like yeah. no one ever tells you i just got my sweet sony laptop or anything yeah. so it's the pcs just seems a very foreign market to them so while i do see them like learning to adapt i mm. i expect a slow trickle from it as opposed to how microsoft was like all right go 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 we're gonna make all of our games on there sony is going to try to understand this before they actually like go full throttle on it yeah yeah I, I agree. I'm I'm all for it. I love seeing their games slowly come to to PC. Uh, I'm not a I play on PC, but I'm definitely not um, super engrossed in the ecosystem. I'm definitely more of a, a console gamer. There's just certain games that I I play on it. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, seeing that on PC would be awesome. And whatever like Death Stranding is coming later this year as well. So like Sean was saying, it's it they're slowly putting these games on here and i think it is to get those people who do just play on pc it's like oh okay this i didn't never got to play this because i don't have a ps4 or i rarely play my ps4 um hmm. interested in playstation exclusives and maybe eventually in holiday purchase a ps5 or later down the line uh get more involved in playstation games so yeah yeah i think it's a great idea yeah absolutely i agree uh Moving on, uh, we have some news that <laughs> Sean would probably uh, be able to attest to you a little bit better than I could. Final Fantasy Remake Part 2 has been affected by COVID-19, but not too affected, as Sean told me before the podcast. Well, yeah, so. I mean, it was from the director and the producer of the first game that are taking the reins uh, continuous with uh, the second part of the remake. Um, and they obviously it's a known factor that we were going to get more than just one, but they did say that COVID has affected it, just not a hundred percent. So what that tells to me is that they didn't really go too much detail, but my thought is just minimal staff in the office. So that's why they probably feel like they're not running at a hundred percent. Um, again, what this, the final fantasy, the first remake uh, basically got announced, I think more or less the launch of the PS4. So don't expect this anytime soon anyways. Um, I mean, I, I personally think 2023 at the very, very earliest. Oh, wow. Still a long way away. Uh, Roro, have you played Final Fantasy VII Remake? I have, yes. Ooh. It was lots of fun. I loved it. That was my first time playing uh, Final Fantasy VII. So I we, guess I, I didn't play the original. So we might see that a little later in the show on your list. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh yeah i i don't know i it'll be interesting to see how much covid actually affects all games in the industry uh over the next couple of years uh we we definitely may see more delays or may not see more delays um behind the scenes i guess um instead of it coming to the forefront but 
There is a new PSVR advertisement patent that uh, Sony has issued uh, this week, which is very interesting, uh, to say the least, that apparently it displays ads uh, in your in-game PSVR experience. I'm not sure... Well, How not, I feel about in-game. that. Not like when you're inside of a game. Yes, but like in your like environment or whatever. Correct. It can, de- not just depending on the game, Correct. if the game allows it, for one. Because obviously the vendor would have to be a partner. Yeah. Um, but also it could do it during your main menu. Like gotcha. give you an advertisement to essentially like, oh, buy Last of Us 2. It's also out. That type of thing. Yeah. Don't think it's like NASCAR where it's like constantly on your <laughs> headset. That's <laughs> fair. Uh. I, I kind of feel like, Roro, what are your thoughts? I But I kind of feel like this is kind of, you know, indicative of VR not necessarily having a huge uh, install base, that they're trying to find ways to be able to fund these cool experiences on VR uh, while, you know, still being able to support developers that are making VR games. So having a little bit of an advertisement may not be such a bad thing just to make sure that, you know, these cool VR games can, t- can continue to be made. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's fine. I, as long as it's not interrupting gameplay, if it's in a menu, if it's before, if it's in a loading screen, I don't see any problem with uh, advertising a little bit of something, something before I get into the game. I, I feel like games already do this, like in the menus, of uh without vr they have like in the little corner buy the dlc and or you know they they do that a a lot so i know i understand this is a little bit different but i don't think this is a too too bad yeah i agree uh as long as it's not popping up like saying in the middle of playing beat saber it pops up and says (laughs) buy mountain dew and stops the song and then it goes back but i don't think that's what this is going to do yeah Yeah, great product placement sean fantastic that was seamless yeah that was great so yeah, I That's agree. Warm. I agree. Oh. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be like that, Rora. I agree with you. Um, I think it'll be just more subtle, you know, advertisements. But. Though you say Beat Saber, and obviously Facebook bought that anyways. But yeah. what could honestly happen is suggesting you to either buy the album or sign up for a Spotify account or something like that. I can see mm. that being a thing. Yeah, that's a that's actually a great point. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, moving on to our final news story, Mafia Definitive Edition, uh, the, the original game, has been delayed to September 25th. Uh, so I'm a little upset about this uh, just because I was excited to play this game. Uh, I never played the original. I know, Sean, you said you did and you weren't a yep. huge fan of it. Uh, but this is kind of, you know, they're remaking the whole game. So I'm very interested to see, like, if they make it like that much better. Uh, in terms of gameplay, the cinematics already look beautiful. They've shown a couple trailers on it. Um, it absolutely looks gorgeous, uh, but I, I'm very interested to see if they can kind of fix those problems that the original uh, did have. Um, and this kind of, you know, this kind of puts a stopgap before we have our next gen games. We did have Cyberpunk in this time frame before, but now that's delayed to November. We kind of have something now to look forward to, or at least I do. I'm not sure if you guys are, if you guys are excited to play this, or if you uh, are even intrigued to see what happens with it. Um, yeah, it, it it looks nice. I, I've, I've talked about uh, remakes and remasters a, a lot, and I'm all for it because. As we talked about with Donkey Country, Donkey Kong uh, Country, and other games on the show, that uh, there's quite a few games that I've missed out on in the past. And yeah, this this looks like an awesome remake that I'll definitely be interested to pick up eventually whenever it comes out. 2020 has definitely seen a lot of delays, and I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the games we are playing, I am I have just finished uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's remastered campaign. Talking about remasters, Roro. Uh, <laughs> I just finished that up. Uh, I kind of forgot like how much I love the Modern Warfare trilogy. It was such a good story. Like, in for me, it kind of fell off a cliff after that. Um, in terms of story, there was some that were good. Like Infinite Warfare had pretty good story and advanced warfare had interesting story with Kevin Spacey until he went crazy. Uh, or maybe he was always, he was probably crazy (laughs) before that. Yeah. But until we found out he was crazy, but, 
uh, yeah. Um, so that trilogy, absolutely amazing. And Modern Warfare 2, such a good game. Uh, obviously gets the controversy for the no Russian mission, but uh, for me personally, that that mission kind of you know set the tone for the game. You're kind of like, oh my gosh, that just happened. Like, wow. Uh, it had a very big impact on that story. Uh, and the other game I've been playing is uh, I played a little bit of Fortnite uh, the last couple of days. I'm not diving back in or anything like I once did a long time ago. Uh, I just dabbled a little bit. But what's funny, I played one solo match the other night. And my first match I played in months and I won my first match. It's like, uh, I don't remember it being this easy, but... Yeah, there's a lot of bots in the game now, which is kind of, I don't know. Yeah, kind of holds it back a little bit for me now. But, Roro, what are you playing? I have been playing more Destiny, Destiny 2. So this week they released uh, two new quests for an exotic weapon, one for a trace rifle, one for a sidearm. Yeah, sidearm. And, uh, yeah, I've just been going through that quest, enjoying my time. Uh, They're slowly... Ramping up the story for September's uh, expansion. So each week they have a little mission that you do, and they add a little more dialogue each time to learn more about the darkness and the pyramid ship. So I'm enjoying the slow burn of that story until uh, September comes. Yeah, that's cool. And yesterday was Bungie Day. Yeah, so. yeah. So they released a couple of cosmetics uh, in the Eververse store. I think mm. um, they definitely teased it if they haven't already released it. But yeah. Sweet. Cool. Awesome. Sean, what are you playing? Uh, I think I'm finally making you happy, if I am correct. Uh, I finally uh, started playing Doom Eternal. Yes. <laughs> um, so I got it during the Sony State of Play. Or not State of Play, Jesus. Uh, was it day, Days of Play. Thank you, State of Play. <laughs> now, uh, they use of play a little too much now. Yeah, um, I so I got, it, I got it actually pretty cheap uh, for a new game. I think I got it for like $24.99 or something like that. Um, but I'm really liking it, uh, so far, uh, it was a very odd decision, I thought, and Daniel, you might agree with me, that you immediately jump in the story without almost any preamble. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an interesting choice, that, no, this is what's kind of going on, it's like, nope, demons attacked, on Earth, you're there, go. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how they, they start you off. Um, I, I, it's a very impressive graphically so far. Um, I really like they kind of stepped up the gore of um, your brutal kills. Isn't that what they're called? Yes. Yeah. Um, and Glory I do kills. like how you have three different ways, and you also have three different ways to like get replenish yourself back to what you need. Um, ran into one glitch where I wasn't able to do damage to a revenant, so that was incredibly frustrating. Oh, ran out of all my bullets and all my extra lives for like. I think it was 20 minutes. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, is he just a bullet sponge? But uh, yeah. So I think I'm on like the third mission or something like that. I, I It's been a few days since I played, but really enjoying it. Plan to beat that. Cool. Um, while I was off, I did beat The Last of Us Part 2 as well. Nice. Nice. And I may try to borrow that from you. As me, me and Roro too. discussed last week, I, I was starting to... After seeing a bunch of things, I was starting to have the feeling that I need to play it. Uh, There's still those story things that I have a problem with, um, but I, I do think I, I want to play it. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but Doom Eternal, my God, the soundtrack in that game is absolutely unbelievable. It's I've actually so been good. playing it on headphones just so I can enjoy that whole yeah. thing. Yes, it's amazing. Uh, moving on into the topic of the show, uh, game of the year watch 2020. We are at the midway point of 2020. So, uh, Sean came up with this topic and, uh, we are going to run with it. And, uh, so Sean, why don't you kind of lead us off with, uh, with the games that, uh, you are thinking, or if you want to go like round Robin, you know, uh, um, I can't remember how many you put on the list, but I'd, I'd be good actually with a little bit of round robin. And obviously, yeah. there's some cross play in that we can just talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say, Daniel, I think when you and I were looking at this list, while I think we kind of narrowed down our choices to some very good games, it's been so far, I think, in this first half, a little weaker of a year than normal. Um, I, it's hard to go back to 2007 or 2017 type thing when you're just getting bangers left and right, or even 2012. 
Um, we're obviously in the end of a console life cycle, two console life cycle. So mm-hmm. they're kind of putting out swan songs, but I think so far very good swan songs. Yeah. Um, so Daniel, I hate to do this to you, yeah. but I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and go. It's still not taking the place of anything or nothing's topped it in my mind. Yeah. Um, my front runner still for game of the year is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Hmm. Um, I fell in love with the Ori series last year. Uh, when the second one came out, I even bought it physically because I, I just wanted that game so much. It's a total Sean game, Metroidvania, great story, great atmosphere. Gameplay is amazing. Um, it actually, I think it brought me to tears more so than Last of Us Part Two. Wow. <laughs> At this point, um, that's without really any dialogue, just noises. But you become so attached to Ori and all of her friends and all that stuff. But hands down, still my game of the year at this point. Yeah, I'm completely on board with that and agree completely. Uh, Ori is definitely my current game of the year. But obviously, as we all know, there's a little game coming out in this year that's called Halo Infinite that's probably going to get up there. So... Uh, and, and as we predicted in our predictions early in the year, Sean, you can remember I said Halo Infinite will be the greatest Halo game of all time and the hey, greatest hey, video game hey, Daniel, of all time. It is 343's Halo 3. Anyways, back to Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I love Ori. It is absolutely amazing. The gameplay is phenomenal. It steps up every single aspect of Ori and the Blind Forest and uh, makes it enjoyable in every way. Uh, I feel like the save system is so much better in Will of the Wisps as well. Uh, and everything, I just love that game. Other than the one boss fight that kind of glitched out on me that I was like, how do I beat this? Until I looked it up and realized that it was glitched out and I had to start over. So, uh, so Roro. Uh, Guys, I'm, maybe we want to get, I, I have to pick this up now. I you you up. Yeah, oh, totally, yes. dude, totally. Yeah. And it's on I PC. Can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna definitely gonna check it out. I played, obviously played the first one, and I love that. So it's it's crazy that I haven't picked it up yet, actually. But uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely going to, especially after Sean saying that I made him cry more than The Last of Us. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> Daniel, yeah. Daniel, that ending, yeah. that that ending, heartbreaker. Yeah. The the original game is like that too. I love getting my heart broken in videos. <laughs> yeah. So what's your what's your first one, Roro? My first one would have to be. Maybe unsurprisingly, um, Animal Crossing hmm. New Horizons actually would probably be my number one pick just because I've been nonstop playing this game since it came out uh, in March. And it's, I don't know, it always, without fail, always makes me happy. If I'm feeling down, I just turn on this game and I'm, I'm feeling better all of a sudden. Um, yeah. I've, New New Leaf on the 3DS was probably one of my most played games. And I think, and I had that game for years, obviously. I think I've already passed the playtime that I had oh, <laughs> on wow. New Leaf. <laughs> and I only had, and we've only had this game for like a couple of months now. So it's like, yeah, this game has endless amount of content without, you know, putting out updates all the time. There's like always animals to hunt, always items to look after. And even when you think you're done, uh, customizing your island you're like you just look at that one spot in your island you're like I, I could i could do something with that and then you spend the entire day terraforming and just making something new and it's it's just so relaxing so fun and the community around it is so wholesome so i've been having a lot of fun with uh with that game and i i don't know what's gonna what's gonna top it cyberpunk might top it but Ooh. yeah i don't know yeah. i keep forgetting about cyberpunk that's gonna be <laughs> oof, man uh i'd say my uh my next one other than ori uh doom eternal my goodness Uh, sean you just talked about it but i absolutely loved that game uh it was just as good as the original doom 2016 reboot uh the soundtrack in that game is so good it's a freaking banger uh they basically conglomerate all of the soundtracks from all the other games and the previous uh, entries in doom and it and just put it all in one place and it's so good especially when you get all of them and you hang them up on the walls because uh, it's a collectible that you can collect uh and, and it's actually something you can actually interact with and play different versions of the doom soundtrack over the years which is just 
awesome. Like, uh, there's nothing better than that soundtrack. And the glory kills are super amazing. Every time you see them, uh, even even though it's repetitive in certain situations where you see that same animation, it's still just as amazing to see it the second, third, fourth time. Uh, oh, it's satisfying as hell, especially when yes. you like are low on ammo. You see that happening, yeah. and then you're like, "Oh, okay, I can breathe again. I'm yeah. safe." Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I could, I could see that getting up there for me too. Um, obviously, I'm not an FPS person, but I do like the Doom franchise. Always have, so I, I'm glad to be playing this now. Agreed. Uh, Sean, what's your next one? You uh, my next one is uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, so huge fan of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, it was probably my first uh, 32-bit, uh, or not 32-bit, sorry, 64-bit RPG. Um, it was very revolutionary, obviously, for the PS1. Um, this game has been in such long development, um, especially to the point where they broke it up into parts, which, given how the story unfolds, it makes sense, kind of, because they changed a lot of things with it compared to the original. Um, but... It just it was nice to actually give um, Cloud some I guess gruff finally like he always just seemed maybe anime badass where like now he actually just seems like no I was a former what's called a soldier um, and I, it messed me up here's where everything is I have this odd relationship with Sephiroth um, I friend zone Tifa for some reason which I I don't get. <laughs> Um, and it's, it actually brought Barrett, who was kind of more or less like an annoying side character. He was always with you, but it actually gave a lot of like humanity to him and made you understand why he's doing what he's doing. Cause essentially you're playing as a terrorist organization in the eyes of Shinra or the government. Um, but in their mind, they're not, they're trying to help the world. Uh, the one complaint I will say is I hated it from day one when they showed a cutscene. It is pronounced Mako, not Mako. My God, did that annoy the hell out of me. I've been saying it uh, Mako since I was a kid. It's not Mako. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love Mako. <laughs> <laughs> you played it, right, Roro? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I'm, I totally agree with everything that you, you said. Uh, it's on my list as well. Um, and what you were saying about Barrett, I like, I feel like, and Cloud as well, I feel like every, all the characters, I haven't, obviously I haven't played the original, but what I've seen from fans and myself is like, everybody seems a little bit more human than they were mm. in the remake. And they did a really good job uh, fleshing out the characters a bit more and just, you know, that their relationships are a lot stronger, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the, the next part as, as far as ways it, it may be. But the, the gameplay is so solid. I, at first, it took me a while to, to get into it. But once it clicks, it, it really clicks. And it's, it's lots of fun to, to switch between uh, characters and uh, the magic. And it, it's, oh, it's just so fun to play. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that game. Gorgeous, too. And yeah. surprisingly, because it's an RPG, I really like the linearity of it all, too. Like, you don't really do too much exploring, except for really, I would say, maybe in two areas. Um, that are kind of open worldish, but I actually enjoyed that because at this point in my life, I can't, I can't do a hundred hour RPG. I just don't have the time. So I, I don't know. I find that refreshing. I've always loved that about the South Park games too. So I just like that this went that method too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my this is my final one, and then I'll let you guys just you know throw your love out there for The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil Three Remake uh, is my last one. Uh, which man, Resident Evil Three Remake, it is. It's definitely not the as good as Resident Evil Two Remake. Uh, in my opinion, Resident Evil Two Remake is was one of the best, like top three games of last year. Uh, but Resident Evil Three Remake, it kind of takes that and uh, it, it it's very similar in terms of gameplay, but in terms of story, it's definitely something original. The only problems I had with it were, you know, Nemesis didn't really he didn't really sustain himself throughout the entire game as much as I kind of thought he would going into it. Uh, I had never played the original resident evil three, so I didn't really know what to expect with that. 
Um, and the other problem that I had was, is it was just a little too short. Like I wanted more at the end of the game. I was like, man, I loved everything I just played, but I just, I want more, like, give me more. Um, but yes, I, I very much enjoyed, had, I had a great time with, uh, Resident Evil 3 remake. So for now it is on there, but, uh, yeah, when Cyberpunk, Halo, uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales comes out, man, those are going to shoot up the list boys. So now it's your time for the last of us. Uh, if you want to kick it off. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, the last of us part two, I guess is our final game for me and Sean for sure. Um, yeah, this game is, it's crazy. (laughs) Um, it's obviously it's gorgeous. Obviously the gameplay is lots of fun, but the story is so divisive among people and i i don't know i just loved it i loved the story i thought it was great it kept me hooked the entire time um there were definitely some moments uh that i was like i don't want to do this but the story was what kept me going you know like there was some parts of the game where i was like i really don't want to do this right now but i did i always wanted to see what was going to happen next and i think that's testament to the writing and the characters and everything that Naughty Dog has done in the previous game. Um, I know some fans felt a little bit uh, betrayed, but um, I just don't think that this world works like a lot of fans wanted to. Yeah, I think that is a perfect way to describe it, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know. They want this like glor- glory. I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, but I think what I said was, I guess, the best way I could have said it. Um, yeah. but I just love they don't give you a choice in the story. Yeah. They, they did the same thing in the first Last of Us. You did not have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellie, I believe, was only a little less than... I think she was only 13 years old. And when you play as her in the first game, you don't get a choice to stab... I think it was David. Yeah. Um, right. Is that who yeah. it is? Yeah. Um, you don't get a choice with how Whoops. gory that murder gets. Um, you don't get a choice in the doctor's office to kill essentially innocent doctors who are just trying to find a cure. You make no mistakes about it. You are not the good guy in the story. You are the person that's surviving in this story. Um, And I like how they kind of kept that motif going where, again, you are ambiguously neither good nor bad. You are just surviving. And I very much appreciate that in the story, especially the major twist that is given in this story too. That I know Daniel was a major probably turnoff for you, but mm-hmm. I thought that was probably one of the highlights that it wasn't expected for me because I didn't spoil it. Right. But it was something that made me understand everything, I think, a little bit more in this world that everyone's a good guy, everyone's a bad guy. There's no yeah. in between. Absolutely. Yeah. I, this, it, and I really hope they, I, I'm so torn. Like, if I want more of this game, if I want more of The Last of Us, but. What I'm trying to say is that this game could literally be told from anybody's perspective. And that's what I think it's so crazy that people are, why it's so hard for me to understand why people are so mad because it it can be told from anybody's perspective. And it's like what Sean was saying, no one's the good guy, no one's the bad guy. Everybody's just in this terrible, dark, crazy world uh, trying to survive. And I understand the attachment that people have to certain characters, but yeah it's not that cut and dry and that's what i really loved about it just to give you perspective from my point of view uh i think that is the the biggest thing for me is like while i understand like you know there's a lot of characters that you think are the good characters in the last of us and in reality they are not great characters i think the thing that just you know throws me for a loop is that in the original game you you have this connection to certain characters and whether or not they're you know good or bad isn't really necessarily what i would be concerned about it's just that i have an attachment to that character for instance there's characters that are villains that i have an attachment to um it's not necessarily the same you know I, I, i don't know it's just that's my thought process and when i see a character that i absolutely love whether or not they're good or not doesn't really matter to me 
Um, so that's my biggest problem. I'm trying to not spoil things because uh, I did that a couple weeks ago with a disclaimer and I'm not disclaiming anything now. So, uh, yeah, I, that's my biggest problem. Try to think of the last of us as not a, some of its characters, but a, sum of its setting. Yeah. That's where you kind of have to separate it from is yes, I get it. What you're saying about the first game is a valid point, but that's not what they wanted to create. I don't think they were looking to create those characters. I think they were looking to create that world. Which is fair. And not everyone has to like that, you know, like they, they are absolutely in their right to create it that way. That's their story to tell. uh, And it's their world to tell. So uh, I definitely respect that. And I, I I will definitely play it now. Uh, It's just a matter of when, and I'll have plenty of time to do that now with all these game delays. So yeah. uh, yeah, whether I'd, either borrow it or eventually buy it i will i will definitely check it out um and i think there's a lot of moments in the game where they pay respect to different characters okay try not to spoil it myself yeah um i think they they i i don't know i i I, (laughs) i'm interested to see what what you think of it when it comes out but i feel like they do pay respect to the characters yeah that we loved in the first game throughout this game even though certain things happen okay. during the game. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Do you guys have any other games to uh, talk about before we close out the show? Honestly, not that I could think of. I wasn't too happy in the end with Neo 2. So okay. that's my only other notable one. All right. Sounds good. Roro, you look confused. Mm-hmm. No, I was, I was. It was like you guys were saying at the beginning of this topic. Like it's been pretty, uh, quiet. pretty weak. Yeah, pretty quiet. So I was trying to think if there was anything else, but there isn't. Cool. All right. Uh, so I, I don't know if you guys are good with this, but next week I was thinking Xbox predictions for the next week. Uh, unless you guys have a, another idea, I just thought that would be a very fitting episode, timely episode. Uh, so should we sit out or are you just gonna do it by yourself oh gosh you can come up with xbox predictions that's just for the topic of the show that's you know we have a whole other show to deal to do so yeah all right uh thank you again to everyone joining us both live on youtube and on podcast services everywhere including apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify stitcher and google music guys uh thank you roro thank you sean i am daniel and this has been podcast pxn and we are out much love and keep on gaming Deuces.